WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Five o'clock. Good morning. It is Monday, June 5th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today. Just a beauty. High 76. Clouds hang around tonight. Overnight, low 63, and then Tuesday, sunshine, warmer, high 80. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 50 and clear in Ocean Beach out on Long Island, 52 and clear in Clifton, New Jersey, and it is 53 and some broken clouds as... I guess partly cloudy here in Midtown. Lots to get to as we work our way up 6 o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning. I enjoyed listening to Frank uh, talk overnight about the fact that his wife gets mad at him that he can't fix anything because I am in the exact same boat. I have no ability to fix anything. So over the weekend, the railing to the basement broke. It's this old sort of wooden thing that goes into the wall. And somebody who was not a whole lot smarter than me, or maybe a whole lot smarter than me, would be able to figure out how to put this thing back together. And I had nails and screws. I had all these different things. And pounding this thing back into the wall, because it's dangerous. What was happening is people walking up the stairs, and it would they'd hold on to the railing and pull out and you could potentially fall down, which is a nice long flight of stairs. I could not figure it out. So I'm going to have to call somebody in. And I know that it's like so incredibly lame that I can't figure it out, but my brain does not work that way. And Frank was also talking about the fact that he couldn't figure out how to put windshield wipers on his car. I had the exact same thing happen to me. And my wife is just so angry. She's like, how can you not know how to put the windshield wipers on? Well, you put them on, you know, but she can't. But she's like, you're the guy. You're supposed to know how to do this. I mean, she didn't say that, but she was implying that. So finally, I was able to sort of click them in and it felt like the windshield wipers were on. This was about uh, six months ago. It was right at the height of the winter. And we start to drive off. (laughs) And... Uh, you know, I put the windshield wipers to do a little test to see if they're on, and the right windshield wiper goes just flying off onto the street. So I had had to go stop somewhere else, uh, one of those mechan- one of the shops that sells windshield wipers. And I just said to the guy, I said, "I'll give you ten bucks if you come out and put this on my car for me." And he said, "No, no, no, fine, I'll just come out and do it." But I just, you know, certain things that my brain can't fix things. I can't fix the railing. I can't put the windshield wipers on. Uh, you know, and you might even say, I can't do the show. I don't know. My brain's not around. <laughs> well, I feel confident I could do the show, but windshield wipers, railings, not for me. All right. Let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. What happened aboard a plane that crashed on its way to Long Island? The race for the White House played out in Iowa. A woman went on a hair pulling spree in Tompkins, uh, Tompkins Square Park. It was a weekend of wrong way crashes here in the city. And a boater in Belmar saved some lives at sea. All right, let's get into what is just a strange story that we're sorting, piecing together here in the newsroom have been over the last day or so. A sonic boom heard across Washington, D.C. This was yesterday afternoon as military jets raced after a private, unresponsive small plane that was headed here for Long Island, MacArthur Airport. It crossed into restricted air uh, space and then later crashed, killing all four people on board 
in Virginia. NORAD um, issuing a statement after this unresponsive Cessna violated U.S. airspace in D.C. on Sunday. They were worried maybe this thing was heading for the White House or for Congress. NORAD aircraft were authorized to use supersonic speeds, which was the reason for the sonic boom that was heard by residents in the region. The statement also said that flares were used in an attempt to gain the attention of the Cessna pilot, who was deemed unresponsive. The civilian plane crashed near the George Washington Force in Virginia after repeated attempts by NORAD to establish contact. An FAA release says the small plane was headed to New York on Sunday afternoon after taking off from a northeastern Tennessee municipal airport. The FAA says there were four people on board. I'm Mark Mayfield. Yes, so the fighter jet saw that the pilot of the plane had passed out. This is according to a U.S. official who spoke with ABC News. Rescuers were able to reach the side of this plane, crash about uh, three or four hours later by foot, a rural part of the Shenandoah Valley. Uh, no survivors found. The aircraft departed from Elizabethtown Municipal Airport in Elizabethton, uh, Tennessee, headed again from MacArthur Airport, Long Island. So here's the weird part of the story they're trying to sort of piece together. I mean, they're trying to piece the whole thing together. But the plane had reached the New York area and then made a nearly 180-degree turn and fly towards Virginia. This according to the uh, flight tracking website Flight Aware. So it's not clear why the plane was unresponsive or why it crashed, but uh, the jet dropped at this rapid rate, at one point falling more than 30,000 feet per minute before it crashed. Uh, the It appeared it had been on autopilot. That's according to a source who talked to Reuters. And there's conflicting reports about who's on board. So I'm not going to give you the names just because there's a couple different names being floated around. But it's eerily similar. Do you remember this? Uh, you have to go back to 1999. It was a Learjet carrying, at the time, professional golfer Payne Stewart and at least four others it went uncontrolled for thousands of miles across the uh, heartland of our country, and then it crashed. So this sounds like it's a very similar story to this, uh, to the one that took place back in 1999 with Payne Stewart. And as we get confirmation on the four who are on board, we will pass that on to you. But an awfully odd day as these XF-16s just, uh, you know, going flying so fast that they created these sonic booms over Washington, D.C. as they caught up with this plane and quickly realized that the people on board were out of it. I mean, they were just they saw the pilot just wasn't there. So, uh, again, more details come on to us. We will pass them on to you. WABC Newstime 508, another big story we've been following all weekend. A commuter train in India jumps the tracks and smacks into two other commuter trains all weekend they were looking for survivors, more than 200 dead. Two passenger trains collided with the freight train in the eastern state of Oshida on Friday, killing nearly 300 people and injuring hundreds. Over 1,000 people are helping out with the rescue efforts. Railway officials on Saturday said reports indicate the accident was caused by a faulty signal. Workers with heavy machinery have been clearing the wreckage from the track, and India's railway minister hopes the tracks will be working again by Wednesday morning. I'm Jim Forbes. WABC Newstime 509, the uh, race for the White House. Each day it heats up just a little bit more. All eyes on Iowa over the weekend. The governor of Iowa 
calling former President Trump's absence from a traditional political event in Iowa this weekend a missed opportunity. We had nearly a thousand Iowans that were at the state fairgrounds to listen to the candidates that are vying to be the president of the United States. That's Republican Kim Reynolds referring to Iowa Senator Joni Ernst's uh, roast and ride, which she does. Uh, Reynolds says Republican voters are engaged in the 2024 race for the White House. They are listening. They are asking good questions. They are engaged because they know that this election is really important and we have to get it right. Yeah, when you're at the top spot, which Donald Trump is right now, at least in all of the polls, is in that race for the GOP nomination. People are going to take pot shots at you. Of course, the Democrats going to do the same. Congressman Jamie Raskin saying over the weekend, he says a recording of former President Trump admitting that he could not declassify a particular document shows uh, an admittance of guilt. And if a person acts with uh, consciousness of their own guilt or consciousness of their own potential wrongdoing, That demonstrates that if they go forward, nonetheless, there's intent. The Maryland Democrat says it shows Trump was aware that he could not declassify documents on his own initiative when the FBI found classified documents at the former president's Mar-a-Lago resort. Apparently, the recording also reflects Donald Trump's knowledge that he had not declassified the documents, or he knew that it was still classified. That's obviously a decision for the Department of Justice and for uh, grand jury. Yeah, of course, we're watching this investigation, and it's not just uh, former President Trump, but it's our current president, Joe Biden, who's also under investigation. Those documents, classified ones found at his Delaware home and an office he once used. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis making a bunch of stops. Iowa, South Carolina over the weekend, talking to lots of voters. We will reverse Biden's disastrous economic policies that are making it harder on American families We're going to open up American energy production so that we can be energy independent. DeSantis says uh, he would close the border and the immigration crisis, crack down on crime. We're going to focus our economy on small businesses, not these mega corporations, because that's what drives our country. And one Republican presidential candidate wants to model former President Trump's America first agenda after another former president. We take that agenda even further If we're doing it based on first principles and moral authority, as Reagan did, rather than on vengeance and grievance. Vivek Ramswamy uh, contrasted himself from other conservatives. He was out on the campaign trail, says he's running to something instead of away from something. Too long, many other conservatives have been running from something. I'm running to something. What it actually means to be an American. In June of 2015, Donald Trump was polling at 4% in eighth place. I'm happy to say that we're ahead of that, and I think we're going to take that same trajectory. Yeah, he says uh, too early to make any decisions on the race for the White House. He says he's still in it, and he's going to stay in the race uh, until the primary season. 513, the CEO of Bank of America says he's glad the debt ceiling debate is behind us. That has provided momentary momentum in the markets and allows us to face the real economic issues and real debt level issues ahead of us. Brian Moynihan there calling it a political process that it's not good for the nation to have to reach a last minute deal like we did to President Biden signing that deal over the weekend. Moynihan sidestepping, though, the question when asked if he agreed with bank CEOs who say the debt ceiling should be eliminated altogether. It's not good for the United States to go through this. It's a political process. It's it's good. They came to resolution. Yeah, President Biden. Praising lawmakers on both sides of the aisle for coming together over the weekend. Uh, He gave this speech Friday, then he signed the bill on Saturday. Passing this budget agreement was critical. The stakes could not have been higher. If we had failed to reach an agreement on the budget, 
There were extreme voices threatening to take America for the first time in our 247-year history into default on our national debt. And a Republican congressman closely involved in the debt ceiling negotiations says House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's job is absolutely safe. There were a fair amount of Republicans who felt like uh, Kevin McCarthy had uh, given in on these negotiations, but a lot more say, no, that's not the case. This speaker has been one of the best strategies we've ever had. Garrett Graves there in Louisiana says any call to oust McCarthy from his role as speaker is not a mainstream position within Republicans uh, in the caucus. It is not a mainstream position. I'll tell you right now, Speaker McCarthy's position is absolutely safe. Negotiations certainly were in good faith, but they also included a lot of candor. We had some tense moments throughout. All right, 514, Ukraine's ambassador to the U.S. isn't giving an exact timetable, but she does say a counteroffensive against Russia will happen soon. We are hoping that uh, our commanders, uh, as soon as they will see the openings, will start this. Oksana Marakova says Ukrainian President Zelensky won't make an official announcement when it occurs. The ambassador also didn't specify if there will be just one counteroffensive or a bunch of them. I will note, of course, as uh, you, you heard our president and our commanders, we will not announce anything. We will not. We will see it when the results are there. Yeah, and the, the chair of the House Intelligence Committee says Ukraine is prepared for this upcoming counter. President Zelensky has made a great case that this is the fight to uh, preserve democracy. That's a uh, Ohio Republican Congressman Mike Turner. He has rallied the West and received technologically advanced uh, weapon systems, including German tanks, U.K. tanks, U.K. long-range missiles, and, of course, the Patriots. The upcoming offensive they're ready for, they're trained for, they're equipped for, uh, and Russia is, is not. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Monday. Good morning, Justin Ellis. Happy Monday. Good morning to you, Noam Alladin. On the diamond, the Yankees beat the Dodgers 4-1 to out west to secure the series win. The Yanks had a late awakening at the dish in this one as they were held scoreless through six innings by LA's Bobby Miller. Luckily for them, Domingo Herman was better and eventually got enough help from the bats late, including this two-run shot from Anthony Volpe in the ninth. To all but seal the deal for the Yanks. That ball hammered to left center field. Anthony Volpe, it's gone! Sunday night, Volpe strike. A two-run shot. That call courtesy of ESPN. After an off day today, the Bombers return home to the Bronx for a short two-game set against the Chicago White Sox set to get underway tomorrow night. As for the Mets, they ended up on the other side of the spectrum with a 6-4 loss at home to the Toronto Blue Jays that capped off a depressing weekend sweep that brings them back to 500 at 30-30 and overall. After beginning the homestand with a sweep of the Phillies, things came crashing right back down to earth for the Orange and Blue. They'll hit the road for Atlanta coming up next to open up a three-game set against the division rival Braves. Starting tomorrow night in Game 2 of the NBA Finals, the Miami Heat beat the Denver Nuggets 111-108 in Denver to even the series at one game apiece. The Finals now head to Miami, where Game 3 will tip off this Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. And tonight on the ice, the Stanley Cup Finals continue with Game 2 between the Florida Panthers and Vegas uh, Golden Knights. That's to get underway tonight at 8 p.m. in Vegas. The Golden Knights 1-0 in the series with that 5-2 win on Saturday night. Here with sports on 77. WABC, I'm Justin Ellett. WABC News Time 519. It was a weekend of people driving badly. Uh, last night, one person killed, several injured after a driver 
drove up onto the sidewalk in Gramercy. Uh, police say uh, he hit four people. A man in his 20 was, uh, 20s was killed, three others injured. This is a corner of East 21st and 3rd Avenue about 7.30 last night. A lot of witnesses, a beautiful night, people out. It sounded honestly like a grenade went off outside the building. Both my doors and window rattled, which is very possible because it's a 400-pound door. So when coming outside, all I'm hearing is screaming. I walk to the corner, and I see all the carnage of what happened. You were looking at the video this morning. It showed one person unresponsive, a bunch of mangled bicycles, car parts scattered on the sidewalk and on the road. It was clear that one person was in very bad shape. Um, And so a lot of people kind of, a couple people went to pray over him. And then a few others went and uh, took care of those who looked like they had bad backs or, 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 or legs or feet. Now, the, the only nice part about this was there were a lot of witnesses, and they quickly raced to help these people that were injured. Police responding quickly along with EMS crews. The driver taken into custody so far, at least as of this morning, no charges filed. 521, another driver. This one arrested after he went the wrong way on a Brooklyn street, hit multiple vehicles. The man was going north in the southbound line. This is uh, East 94th Street and East Flatbush. Eyewitnesses describe hearing what they thought was a parade and a number of loud bangs and then realized some guy in a van was just plowing into cars. My Jeep was right there. He hit this car first when he here, and then he tried to reverse and pull that car into my Jeep. Yeah, this van a ping-ponging off park cars as he went the wrong way. There were people in the street trying to stop him. He was not paying attention. You may not be shocked to hear that police say he was drunk behind the wheel when they finally caught up with him. I thought it was actually gunshots, but it wasn't gunshots. It was the vehicle just hitting vehicles. And now that's what woke me up. People drink and drive, which they shouldn't. People smoke and drive, which they shouldn't. Yeah, a lot of people were coming out to their cars in the morning or late uh, to see that they had been hit. Lots of damage, uh, lots of stuff here also strewn into the middle of the street. Uh, thankfully, nobody who tried to stop this van was hurt. There was a car make the turn coming uh, coming this way, and then crashed straight into it and uh, nick it on the sidewalk. Yeah, there was one intense moment where this guy, he was trying to stop this van driver because he was afraid he was going to hurt somebody. He was punching the driver's side window with his fist, which was, man, is that intense to watch. Uh, and his fist seemed to be okay, but he was not able to break through the window. Finally, they stopped this dope, and they uh, put him under arrest. 523, another strange story. This in Tompkins Square Park yesterday afternoon. A big commotion. Everybody's running around. They hear screams coming from restaurants, from the park. Uh, this woman would on a hair-pulling rampage. She was going around, and any woman she saw, she was yanking their hair uh, we don't even know how many people in the end, but eventually they caught up with her. It's crazy. She was just walking up to random people and grabbing their hair completely unsolicited. I've never seen somebody so go up to somebody and so confidently just and like take it. Yeah. So it started in the park. She was pulling hair. Then uh, as she tried to get away, she knocked over chairs and tables at a couple outdoor uh, dining establishments. Police uh, eventually caught up with her and uh, the broader to Bellevue Hospital for an evaluation. An unused hangar at JFK is going to serve as the city's latest migrant shelter. It could house up to a thousand people. They're bringing the cots in, uh, lots of other stuff for the migrants to continue to be bused into the city. It is not 
slow down like they had promised. I mean, we're still getting huge numbers of people on buses coming to the Port Authority from the U.S.-Mexico border. Mayor Adams says bus of, of migrants uh, will continue to roll. He's being told that there's no stop in sight, at least not right now. If you had a hurricane that hit this shore, you would be managing using school buildings, respite centers. Uh, that's the crisis. We're getting a hurricane every week. And I must manage this crisis the right way. And what we were told over the weekend was two migrants who did make it here died from drug overdoses. They were found about 5 a.m. on Thursday, dead in a car on Jefferson Street in Brooklyn. It was right outside a migrant shelter. A drug paraphernalia was found in the car. 524. An 18-year-old gunned down over the weekend drive-by shooting in the Bronx. It was just feet away where from kids were playing. It was 6.30 at night. Yeah, doorbell camera caught footage of the shooting. It took place 6.30 p.m. on Olinville Avenue. The driver who was behind the wheel of a black Dodge Charger, apparently he was the gunman, sped away. Police at this hour, anyway, have no motive for the gunfire, and they've made no arrests. On Friday afternoon, a building that was under construction near the Yale School of Medicine up in New Haven partially collapsed. They were in the middle of a concrete pour, and it went awry. Uh, eight people injured, two critically. And when we were talking to firefighters over the weekend... Uh, they say they had to get in there as fast as possible because the fear was that people who got caught in this concrete pour would be stuck as this concrete dried. And so, boy, these firefighters did an unbelievable job getting to these seven people inside this building. Those persons that were trapped had to be lifted out uh, by the rescue company. And the, one of the problems that you have with wet concrete is having to do the searches before it hardens. So the accountability count was important. Yeah, so uh, building investigators were at the scene all weekend. They issued a stop work order until it's safe to go back into that building again. Over the weekend, SpaceX launching a fleet of new Starlink satellites into orbit. This was yesterday morning off the Florida coast. Three, two, one, ignition. Engine's full power and lift off of Starlink 6-4. Go Starlink, go Falcon. Yeah, so Falcon 9 rocket carrying two dozen V-2 mini satellites lifting off from Cape Canaveral. It was about 8 a.m. SpaceX, the latest batch of satellites, are smaller versions of the V-2 with four times the capacity of the previous models they've sent into space. And um, this is something, do you know people around you that uh, have been complaining of colds? And nobody's really testing for covid anymore i know that's not a thing but the people who do they have these colds they have sore throats they go in and they test for covid and it comes back negative negative so they think they just have a summertime cold what we're hearing is from doctors is that there's a springtime virus that has spiked big time in the last month or so it's called hmpv it causes this range of symptoms including a runny nose sore throat fever breathing problems all like covid that's why people think they have it but they don't the virus doesn't cause a severe infection so we don't really test it everywhere for every patient yeah that's marina keller a doctor at westchester medical center there's been a 36 percent spike 
and HMPV cases just over the last couple weeks. We are just getting started on this Monday morning. Much more to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning. An uproar in Westwood, New Jersey over a gay pride sign put in front of a middle school. We'll get into that story. Hundreds of people putting their endurance to the test yesterday at the 7th Annual Towers Climb at the One World Observatory. We'll tell you who won and what that race raises money for. Adidas selling off its Yeezy brand sneakers seven months after cutting ties with Kanye West. We'll tell you where that money is going. And if sharks aren't enough, we'll tell you something else you need to worry about at the Jersey Shore that summer. That and more after this WABC News Time 530. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noah Layden. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Monday, June 5th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today, a beautiful day on the way. High 76. Those clouds, they'll hang around tonight and overnight, the low 63. And then Tuesday, sunshine, a little bit warmer, high 80. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 50 clear in Ocean Beach out on Long Island. 52 and clear in Clifton, New Jersey, and it is 53 and partly cloudy here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour in Westwood, New Jersey. There's an uproar in that small town after the district school superintendent ordered a gay pride lawn sign be removed from the front lawn of a middle school there. Just to show, like, just to have a sign out there tells us that this is a safe space that we do belong and that our sexuality, our gender, whatever it is, is valid. Not a lot of people are happy about this. Uh, School administrators say they had to take the sign down after the Westwood Board of Ed passed a policy last month that only allows the American and New Jersey state flag to be displayed outside of schools. I imagine that was a move so they wouldn't have to deal with anything else because uh, everybody wants to put up a sign in front of schools. But uh, members of the gay community, people who support the gay community, are offended that this sign has been taken down, especially during Gay Pride Month. I know that I have the support of my teachers and my students and my classmates, so I just wish that the administration would do the same. So as of yesterday, more than a thousand people in Westwood had signed a petition to put that pride sign back up. Not clear if they're going to do that. He had told them that the signs violated the flag policy and he had been the one to um, tell the principals to take him down. Yeah, so we'll have to see if the Board of Ed uh, reverses course or if they stay with that plan of just having just the American flag and the New Jersey state flag fly over the middle school and nothing else on the front lawn. 534, hundreds of people putting their endurance to the test yesterday morning. Seventh annual Towers Climb. The event takes place at One World Observatory. It helps a special cause that was born out of the 9-11 attacks. The climb raises money for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, which does endless Great things, by the way. Uh, pays off mortgages uh, for NYPD cops and cops all across the country uh, killed in the line of duty, builds homes for injured veterans. Uh, here is the chairman, CEO, Frank Siller. These are the stories that have to be told of goodness, of kindness, of generosity and courage and commitment uh, that people uh, like these great heroes make and their families make. 
Climbers uh, start their climb about 5 a.m. and bark over uh, 2,000 steps. They come from all over the world. This is like uh, a huge climb. So is the Empire State Building one, but this one's gigantic. People feel like a real connection to it because it's raising money for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. For many uh, who knew someone who died in 9-11, it was an emotional climb. It it means a lot to me because all the the officers, all the people, uh, all the heroes here on that day, they try to save people when they decide to step into the stairs. So this is the mindset that I got from them. You know, one year, the uh, Empire State Building, which does a climb as well, they were asking for uh, TV and radio personalities to take part. So I did it with zero tra- zero training. I didn't, you know, I climbed a couple of stairs in my building. And that was it. And I thought, oh, I can do this. This isn't tough. Oh, my God, is it tough. I mean, uh, it's amazing how fast people finish it. Over a thousand people cross the finish line at this uh, sold out event that enters uh, that uh, honors fallen heroes. So good job done by those folks. Governor Hochul designating June as gun violence awareness month. And I want to thank all the people who work at Upstate for saving lives of people who are victims of shootings in our own community right here. Hochul says her 2024 state budget secured comprehensive funding to invest in a multifaceted approach to improve public safety. There was a total of, um, uh, so uh, what's the money amount here? Billions of dollars. Well, million, hundreds of millions of dollars are going to go in an effort to stop some of this gun violence in some of the big cities all across New York State. And Adidas is selling off its Yeezy brand sneakers seven months after cutting ties with its designer, Kanye West. They say I'm possessed. It's an omen. I keep it 300. The German sportswear company says a significant amount of money made from the remaining inventory of Yeezys will be donated to organizations that fight anti-Semitism and racism, including the Anti-Defamation League and a foundation dedicated to social change founded by George Floyd's brother. Adidas ended its partnership with Ye last October after he made a series of anti-Semitic remarks. I'm Michael Kastner. WABC News Time 539. As if sharks are not enough to worry about, we're being told by a marine biologist at Montclair State University in New Jersey that at the Jersey Shore this summer, we should watch out for clinging jellyfish. And apparently these jellyfish pack a shocking sting, much worse than the ordinary jellyfish. And they've been spotted uh, in Cape May and in a couple other beach towns. Uh, these clingers, as they're called, they live in grass beds and algae. And this Montclair marine biologist, we're going to put up the interview we did with him on WABCRadio.com a little bit later this morning so you can go and hear what he had to say. But he says they're almost impossible to spot, which is not what you want to hear. Uh, he said, of course, they don't always sting. But he says when they do, uh, you will feel it. And he says he imagines uh, that he's seen them in Cape May and some towns near Cape May that you will see them up and down the Jersey Shore before the summer is out. And as the uh, swimming and boating seasons get underway here in the city, uh, the NYPD and Harbor Unit trying to get people, and especially boaters, to follow the rules. Um, and they were out this weekend. Some of the common things we see during the year is overloading. Uh, your boat has a capacity plate. 
It'll tell you how many people you can put on that boat and what the weight limits are. Deputy Inspector Anthony Russo says uh, passengers on boats, of course, are allowed to drink, but the boat drivers are not. And they're subject to the same rules as if you're behind the wheel of a car. And But he says people seem to forget that when they get on a boat. It's illegal for uh, jet skiers to jump a wake or um, a wake of another boat. And so he said, you just got to be careful when you're out there. And he says his harbor crew's out there watching closely. You're subject to wind, waves, current, and respect it. Know your limits. If you're not a good swimmer, don't go over your head. The backlash continues from the uh, city of University, New York, after this graduating law student's controversial commencement speech. Uh, some New Yorkers will say they were just completely shocked to hear that Cooney allowed a law school student, her name is Fatima Musa Muhammad, to slam the NYPD in Israel. She called them both fascists during her school's graduation ceremonies. The dean of the school was right there. Not clear if she read the speech ahead of time, but she applauded. So did other people in the crowd. And so some New Yorkers say, uh, what's going on? How are they able to do that? I think it should be a joyous time. And, you know, using your opinion on that platform is probably not appropriate. That's not the place for it. You know, keep your views to yourself. So you had some groups condemning the speech, calling on lawmakers to take away some of the school's uh, taxpayer funding. But there was other New Yorkers who say, no, they should just go after the people who made the speech. We cannot punish all of them for just one single person. I don't see why you would stop funding a public university when when generally speaking, it's benefiting far more people than one person. 542 down to uh, Washington. Chuck Todd stepping down this fall. As moderator of NBC's Meet the Press. It's been an amazing, nearly decade-long run. I'm pretty, really proud of what this team and I have built over the last decade and, frankly, the last 15-plus years that I've been here at NBC. So he announced during uh, the announced this news during the morning edition of the show yesterday. Todd, who's been the moderator since 2014, will become NBC's chief political analyst. He says that he's leaving the Sunday show because he wants to spend more time with his family. No, that may be true, but uh, over the years, uh, I people have come and go, and usually when they go, they say it's because they want to spend more time with their family, and I never really believe that's true. But he says he wants to spend more time doing long-form projects. Uh, NBC's chief of White House correspondent, Kristen Welker, will take over as the moderator in September. I have a personal announcement. Well, today is not my final show. This is going to be my final summer here at Meet the Press. Yeah, so uh, my guess is it's more of a ratings thing than a thing that he wants to spend more time with his family. 543, Taylor Swift. The second richest woman in music now. I rent a place on Cornelia Street. I sit casually in the car. Forbes recently catapulted Swift to the number two spot on their richest women in music list, second only to Rihanna. They estimate Swift's net worth to be around $740 million. The singer is currently in the middle of her wildly popular heiress tour, which in of itself is expected to gross nearly $2 billion. Brooks Walker, NBC News Radio. All right, let's go down to Belmar. A huge save by a fisherman out uh, in the ocean. Four fishermen rescued yesterday after their boat capsized in the waters off Belmar. It happened in front of Captain Bobby Quinn, who was fishing nearby. He sprang into action, spoke to News 12 about seeing these guys and the boat going over and then going over to rescue them. Given the ocean and things that happen in it, you're always ready for surprises. And as I looked 
their boat, Jesus's boat, literally started sinking at the stern, and literally two seconds later, it just flipped right over, and all these guys went right in the water. We were lucky we were right there, because by the time we got the anchor up and got to them and started getting them in the boat, it was maybe a minute or two. Yeah, they were fast. Uh, Captain Bobby Quinn says, uh, you know, they practice this kind of thing, uh, a rescue, usually to rescue somebody who's fallen off their boat. My crew, Dave and Zach, on the boat right there, they uh, got that man overboard ladder out, which we practice every year with the Coast Guard, just this kind of situation. More based not for rescuing survivors from a sinking like this, but more if somebody fell off of our boat, we could pull them out of the water real quick. But in this situation, we had to rescue someone else. What I love about Captain Bobby Quinn and these four people that he saved from a capsized boat is he brought them into his boat, he gave them dry clothes, and then they spent the rest of the day fishing. <laughs> like nothing had happened. Uh, that's kind of fun. Thank you very much for everything. Thank mm -hmm. you for the copy. Thank you for help of no my guy. Thank you for the people yep. coming right there because... Everybody. The, everybody, you know. We got them dried off, and then we fished the rest of the day. <laughs> and they caught fish. <laughs> I love that. Good job, uh, Captain Bobby Quinn. All right, 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk in Justin Alec. Thank you, Noam Alayden. Start on the diamond here. The Yankees beat the Dodgers 4-1 to out west to secure the series win. The Yanks had a late awakening at the dish in this one as they were held scoreless through six by L.A.'s Bobby Miller. Luckily for them, Domingo Herman was better and eventually got enough help from the bats late, including this two-run shot from Anthony Volpe in the ninth to all but seal the deal for the Yanks. That ball hammered to left center field. Anthony Volpe, it's gone! Sunday night, Volpe strike. A two-run shot. That call courtesy of ESPN. After an update today, the Bombers return home to the Bronx for a short two-game set against the Chicago White Sox. Set to get underway tomorrow night. As for the Mets, they ended up on the other end of the spectrum with a 6-4 loss at home to the Toronto Blue Jays that capped off a depressing weekend sweep that brings them back to 500 at 30 and 30 overall after beginning the homestand with the sweep of the Phillies. Things they came crashing right back down to earth for the orange and blue. They'll hit the road for Atlanta coming up next to open a three game set with the first place Braves starting tomorrow night. In game two of the NBA Finals, the Miami Heat beat the Denver Nuggets 111 to 108 in Denver. Even the series at one game apiece. The Finals now head over to Miami where game three will tip it off this Wednesday night at 8.30 and tonight on the ice. Stanley Cup playoffs continue with Game 2 between the Florida Panthers and Vegas Golden Knights. That game set to get underway tonight at 8 p.m. in Vegas. Golden Knights currently holding a 1-0 series lead. Here with Sports on 77 WABC Gnome. I'm Justin Alec. You are. All right, let's catch you up on some of the big stories of the morning. This sonic boom heard across Washington, D.C. yesterday afternoon. It was military jets that were racing after a private, unresponsive small plane that was headed for for Long Island, but then crossed into restricted airspace near the White House. It later crashed. All four people on board uh, killed. NORAD uh, issuing a statement uh, that the pilot of this Cessna was unresponsive. Now, they didn't shoot this plane down. They just went in to see what was going on. NORAD aircraft were authorized to use supersonic speeds, which was the reason for the sonic boom that was heard by residents in the region. The statement also said that flares were used in an attempt to gain the attention of the Cessna pilot, who was deemed unresponsive. The civilian plane crashed near the George Washington Forest in Virginia after repeated attempts by NORAD to establish contact. An FAA release says the small plane was headed to New York on Sunday afternoon after taking off from a northeastern Tennessee municipal airport. The FAA says there were four people on board. I'm Mark Mayfield. So the fighter jet 
saw that the pilot of the plane had passed out. Uh, rescuers were able to reach the site of the plane crash a number of hours later, and they had to go in by foot. Uh, this was part of the Shenandoah Valley where the plane crashed. Uh, no survivors found. So the aircraft had departed from Tennessee. It was headed for MacArthur Airport uh, uh, out on Long Island. Here's sort of the strange part of the story. I mean, the whole thing's strange, but the plane had reached the New York area and then for some reason made nearly a 180-degree turn and then started flying back towards Virginia. This, according to uh, flight tracking on that site, FlightAware. So, again, it's not clear why the plane was unresponsive, why it crashed. They'll figure that out, I imagine, over the days. But the jet dropped at a rapid rate. At one point, it was falling more than 30,000 feet per minute. What an aircraft that has crashed with a total of four passengers. Yeah, so uh, air traffic control, of course, trying to figure out what was going on as well. Uh, there are conflicting reports about who was on board, so we're not going to give you their names just yet till we have it in stone. But uh, it is, of course, eerily similar to this Learjet. Do you remember the story back from 1999? It was carrying uh, then-professional golfer Payne Stewart, four others. And oh, my that God, plane, yes. Do you remember that? It streaked uncontrolled for thousands of miles. Right? Yes. This is before the 9-11 attack, so there wasn't even so much a security concern of, like, what the heck was going on. But um, uh, And then it crashed. So my guess is we're going to find out on this uh, Cessna that crashed in the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia yesterday. It'll be very similar well, to what happened to Payne You Stewart. know they were all dead already before the plane crashed. Yeah. The door opened, and they all died. Bill Parcells, agent... Payne Stewart, right. and eventually the plane just crashed into the mountains. Right. But they were all dead on board, and they were watching this plane fly because the pilot died too. Yeah. And eventually it hit the mountains. Well, that's what happened here. They think everybody might have been dead yeah. as well. Yeah. And But their thought was that they might have to shoot this thing down because it, it went into restricted airspace around oh boy. the nation's capital. Yeah. But uh, no, they did not. And uh, F-16 got right next to it and saw that the pilot was uh, unconscious. So, yeah, horrible story. And then uh, let's bring it back into the city. It was a weekend of really bad driving. One person killed. Uh, a number of others injured when a driver jumped the sidewalk. This was East 21st Street and uh, 3rd Avenue about 7.30 last night. It sounded honestly like a grenade went off outside the building. Both my doors and window rattled, which is very possible because it's a 400-pound door. So when coming outside, all I'm hearing is screaming. I walk to the corner, and I see all the carnage of what happened. Of course, it was a beautiful night. Lots of eyewitnesses. A lot of those people rushing to the scene to help these people who were lying on the ground. It was clear that one person was in very bad shape. Um, and so a lot of people kind of, a couple people went to pray over him. And then a few others went and uh, took care of those who looked like they had bad backs or, 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 or legs or feet. We were watching video this morning. It shows on one person unresponsive, several mangled bicycles, a car parts scattered on the sidewalk. So far, the driver has not been charged with anything, but he is in custody. And then we had this van driver. This is East Flatbush, Brooklyn. East 94th Street starts driving the wrong way down a one-way street, smashing into vehicles. They're trying to stop this guy. My Jeep was right there and hit this car first when he there. And then he tried to reverse and pull that car into my Jeep. Yes, and nobody was hurt, but at one point there was a guy... You can see him on tape. He's taking his fist, trying to smash open the driver's side window of this guy who's in the van to stop him so he doesn't hit anybody. I thought it was actually gunshots, but it wasn't gunshots. It was the vehicle just hitting 
vehicles and now that's what woke me up people drink and drive which they shouldn't people smoke and drive which they shouldn't yeah so you won't be shocked to hear the person behind the wheel of this van going the wrong way down that one-way street in east flatbush was drunk behind the wheel there was a car make the turn coming up, coming this way and then crashed straight into it and lick it on the sidewalk so the big piece of good news out of the story is he didn't hit anybody he hit a lot of cars but did not hit anybody and talking about bizarre, if that's not sort of strange enough, going the wrong way down a one-way street, but in Tompkins Square Park yesterday afternoon, a woman went on a hair-pulling rampage. She was seen walking up to people and violently tugging on their hair. It's crazy. She was just walking up to random people and grabbing their hair completely unsolicited. I've never seen somebody so go up to somebody and so confidently just and, like, take it. Yeah, uh, bizarre. Uh, they caught up with her. Uh, they said something mentally unstable about her, and they brought her to uh, Bellevue Hospital. The online debate swelling over a male employee inside a store at Disneyland who is wearing a dress. He's a worker there. Nick, the fairy godmother's apprentice, works in the Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique at Disneyland and wears a dress, a lot like the one the fairy godmother wore in the movie Cinderella. He helps 12-year-old children transform into princes or princesses by choosing costumes, ranging a price from 250 to 450 bucks. A TikTok video of Nick in action has garnered nearly 10 million views. Some users support Nick, saying children need to know this is okay. Others encourage a boycott of Disney, adding that plenty of girls probably would love to have Nick's job. I'm Phil Hewlett. A new uh, study out looks at the impact of smoking weed during pregnancy. Researchers at Central Michigan University's College of Medicine looked at marijuana's effects when smoked or ingested during the first trimester of pregnancy. They found a significant decrease in eventual birth weight. That's important because health experts say low birth weight babies are more likely to have ADHD, learning disabilities, and developmental delays. When pregnant women use marijuana during the rest of the pregnancy, babies had a smaller head circumference. Their message to women, avoid cannabis while pregnant. I'm Sarah Lee Kessler. And um, there are firehouses all across New York, New Jersey, Connecticut that desperately are looking for more people to join, especially these volunteer firefighter houses. Uh, Lake Mohegan Fire District, uh, upstate New York, uh, holding recruitment activities, trying to get people to join and become a firefighter. Uh, for our department, anyone above the age of 16 years old, um, come on down, join. We're always looking for help. Yeah, they'll uh, teach a volunteer everything from the basics up to advanced medical training. And then you could become a firefighter, paid firefighter. So it's a great little gig, and they're hoping they'll get people to join. It, some of these departments say they're desperately low on firefighters and EMTs. Being a volunteer firefighter or EMS worker, we require no background. We yeah. will teach a volunteer everything from the basics up to advanced fire or medical uh, training. Yeah, so you just show up at the door, and you could get a gig.